did I don't know did I tell you this uh I probably didn't Thursday morning I got like no because we recorded Wednesday right yeah and Thursday we didn't sleep hardly at all because he was so high maintenance at that point I called Allie I'd just gotten in the shower so I tried to like just slack call her I mean I was dressed but I was like no makeup wet hair and right. I just started crying I was like I'm Aww. so tapped out I'm just I'm exhausted I can't make anything right now I can't make anything good <laughs> And so I was off Thursday and Friday with the, I was there to answer questions or help with stuff, nice. but um, I wasn't creating anything new. And she said, she's been there. Don't freak out about it. But yeah. We've all been anyway. there. We, so. Yeah. Anyone who's had a pet knows what it's like. I just need to stop uh, having pets. <laughs> yeah, you I have more pets than the normal person. Yeah. Well. I'm not I'm willing to scale down. We have we have five. Um, we did have six at one point, and our 15 year old died this year. Okay. <laughs> so we'll start with that happy note. We'll start with that. Okay. So the first thing on our list of follow up to talk about really didn't happen in the podcast but actually happened as a result of a Twitter conversation. But Aren't you so like... proud how active I was on Twitter? <laughs> nice job. <laughs> um, so it seemed as though that would be a good place for us to start because it's relevant to the topic um, that we talk about. And it was so where this started was my assertion that I said the um, pumpkin but really, any of the holiday Reese's peanut butter mm-hmm. candy things are are way better than the actual peanut butter cups, right? I don't I don't like the peanut butter cup. I, I mean, I'll eat them, but the holiday ones, the pumpkins, the Christmas trees, the Easter eggs, in my opinion, are substantially better because of the peanut butter to chocolate ratio. Yeah, it's like the and it's actually. Um... Uh, the the big cup has that same kind of ratio too, and that was um who was who was it in the thread that was Stephen uh, Robles who is yeah. the co-host of the Apple Insider podcast jumped yeah. in and made the point that that I think he that those are he he prefers those as well. I love how we brought my fiance into that too because he is very passionate about Reese's and he is adamant that the Christmas trees are somehow better than the pumpkin ones. But I was in Walgreens the other day picking up a, a medication and. I just, I went through the card aisle to get there and I was like, you know what, this, it's been crazy lately. I'm just going to get him a card. And then I was at the checkout aisle and I got, I saw the pumpkin Reese's and I was like, I'll just get one of these and put it on top of the card. That's a nice thing to do. But it made me think of the Christmas trees. And I was like, we're, I was like, and I said, do you think the Christmas trees are really better than the pumpkins? And he said, yes, absolutely. But they're the same. Well, so my pushback on that, and I, think i have science on my side is that the christmas trees are not uh they you know they taper right Mm -hmm. so the top part and the bottom part there is a different chocolate to peanut butter ratio at the top of the christmas tree than at the bottom of the christmas tree so the bottom of the christmas tree would be great but the top of the christmas tree is not the same whereas the pumpkins i i think i have to find out i have one right here so we'll check but the pumpkins (laughs) i believe Oh, yep, I was right. So the pumpkins are, you know, 
the same shape. Now, mm-hmm. What am I going to do with this? I just, I just opened a chocolate that's going to melt. But anyway. Eat it. Are the same, sh- <laughs> are the same shape the entire, the, you know, the same width. So that means you have the same distribution and ratio of chocolate and peanut butter. So I believe that I have science and maybe even math right. on my side. Well, well, then we we went into this whole diatribe of M&M's and... You called all M&M's trash that were not the originals or peanut butter or basically yes. peanut. And that really set Marcus off. <laughs> Except for he agreed with me, I think. Except kind for, of. Sort of. So my assertion <laughs> is that all of the new types of M&M's are garbage. The only exception is the peanut butter one. So obviously the, the plain and the peanut, the peanut aren't actually original, but they've been around for 60 years. Right. We'll call them original. Aside from those two, which, and I like plain M&M's and I like peanut M&M's. In fact, fun story, back in the days when, you know, we used to travel and go places for a long time, uh, Bath, my wife would always stick a bag of plain M&M's in my like laptop bag or whatever. I know for the plane. So that was nice. Um, So I do have a special affection for plain M&M's, but peanut butter are by far the best M&M's and all of the other kind, like the pretzel the caramel the brownie have you tried I, they're, the caramel they're fine. yeah you... they're fine but those are my favorite I mean, I, but i'd rather have a rollo if i'm gonna have a rollo oh, i do well love rollos Rolo. i have yes. a big affinity for rollos like growing up rollos give me that chocolate caramel goodness <laughs> right so i mean it doesn't yeah and so they remind me of so, a rollo and yeah. i've had like the the crunch there's the the my thing is the pretzel the i've never yeah. had the brownie the mint they're all they're fine but there, it's just not. It's trying too hard. So you said you have or haven't had the brownie. I don't think I've had the brownie, but honestly, I, I mean, sure. Well, you're not. I, you're I'm not. Hard, to try. You're not hardcore like our family, and that it's a rule that we have to try the new ones. But I think you should try it. It was surprisingly good. I did not know about the brownie ones until my kids told me, and then we had to add it to our. our we do Walmart or Kroger grocery pickup, so we had to add it to our list, and we're able to get it. And, we all shared them they were good i do think that the worst i've ever had i feel like maybe this was a nightmare and it didn't actually happen but i think it happened was like a pb and j or something it was like a mm. peanut with strawberry it was not good and I, anything white sh- chocolate they've ever made is not good we won't even go down the road because i love white chocolate but i would probably not eat it in an m&m well i, I like white it. chocolate too <laughs> Don't who are we kidding wrong. i would eat it i'm just saying it's not my it's not m&m it's favorite. it's not their brand Anyway, right. we, we can't so, spend so, our whole episode talking about snacks as much as we'd yeah, like to. So that, then we'd have to stop was, and go get snacks, and that would take up more time than anything else. So, Right. So the, <laughs> the, the point of the conversation, though, was that we thought we should have a, some kind of a conversation about snacks because that is an important thing, especially if you're working home. And as you mentioned, you don't like a lot of people who work in an office are used to having maybe some sort of shared food setup, I guess, or at least yeah. a coffee pot. When you work from home, you're on your own. So I will say candy's good, sure. But when it comes to a snack, and I had kind of actually forgotten about this, but one of my favorite things is that my wife buys these bags of, like, it's a bag of granola. It's actually like the Nature Valley cinnamon granola bars. Okay. And it's literally, this is, I'm sure, what they do. All of the granola bars that come off the line broken, they just put them in a bag. Yeah, because those things, I used to eat those all the time in like high school. And it's brilliant. And they break so badly. totally brilliant. (laughs) But they sell you a bag of the broken ones. Setting aside the fact that that's totally brilliant, 
they're really good and you can put them in yogurt i don't like vanilla mm. yogurt so i don't put them in yogurt but they're actually just really really good so that would be one of my favorite snacks and the reason is it's granola so you don't feel bad about eating some of it throughout the day whereas you can't really sit here with a bag of fritos or you're going to start to feel... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> granola depends on what it's made of. I used to be really into nutrition. I'm not anymore because it's boring. Um, but, but these are literally like a Nature Valley yeah, you know, cinnamon Valley crunch granola it. bar yeah. broken up into pieces. So We don't need to really get into why you don't like vanilla yogurt because it's pretty awesome. But if you want to eat them plain, you could, I could see them making a cereal out of that. You know, I've actually done that before. I put milk in one time and I, I, I actually did that. It... It was kind of weird because it got kind of soggy a little mm. too quickly for me. So anyway, because whatever, but it was good. So that's one of my, what's your favorite snack to eat while you're uh, It depends. Okay. It depends what I'm doing. If I'm hungry and I'm like writing, I need something that's really easy to pick up. So, and that's not going to make my hands super messy. So I might go with like, you know, some non buttery popcorn. If I'm in a Zoom meeting uh, and I want to try to stay healthy. Uh, I will do pistachios because I'm the kind of person who likes to keep their hands busy and I like shelled pistachios and I don't care what you say about unshelled pistachios they don't taste the same shelled pistachios just taste better so I like to eat pistachios on zoom calls and um, I'm just a big snacker in general I don't eat a lot of big meals I like you know M&M's and we're big on potato chips. There's always a ton of different types of potato chips um, and tortilla chips in our pantry. See, any of those things to me, if I sit down with some like tortilla chips, now you need some salsa. And at some point you might as well just make nachos and then it's a meal. It's not just a snack. Yeah, I, was, I will throw some cheese on there. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a snack. We, that's a meal. You're eating, but, a, you're eating a small meal. But I'm talking, okay. okay, how about Doritos? Like nacho Doritos. You don't Listen, need anything to go with those. Except for that you can't eat Doritos while you're using a computer unless you have latex gloves or something. Yeah. You're if you're on it, that would be more of a Zoom call conversation as long as you weren't leading it. I could just see like someone leading a Zoom call and just like chowing down their Doritos. I'm sure we could think of people we've worked with before who would do that. <laughs> it is always weird actually when you jump on a Zoom call and someone on the other side is like visibly having lunch i i have never been i don't like to, to do on. that even when you're in like a company meeting or something if i have to eat because at the place where you work which is where i used to work the all company meeting is at noon and sometimes you don't have a choice like no i have to eat now because this is the only chance i'm going to get and i have to have my video off because i did notice to, you did. nobody was, wants to see that yeah it was 11 o'clock for me since we're different time zones so okay. i would usually be able to hold off a little bit but i know what you mean it just feels weird and um, I'll, I'll turn my video off if I absolutely need to eat at that moment. Some, they say that everyone says they're cool with it, but some people, and I've worked with people like this, they have a really hard time if they can hear, if they hear someone chew, it's like a pet peeve that will just, I mean, so obviously if you're savvy enough to be on mute, that's not a big of an issue, but in an office, that's a different situation. But I was actually, um, it's a big part of working from home because like you said, um, you know, we've both been in the New York office of the place of the place where I work and you used to work and there are snacks everywhere. Uh, so you have to figure that out on your own. You have to do your own coffee. And I actually found out that you can deduct those on your taxes. <laughs> Which is true. You you can deduct some things. I mean, I'm not a tax advisor, Jess, although you're engaged to an accountant. So we'll take your word for it or his word for it. 
was it with my 1099 work and stuff, I still ended up owing a substantial amount of money. But I was like, I can deduct snacks. I was like, ooh, I love snacks. <laughs> and I spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> awesome. So, all right. So snacks, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in anyone who's listening to this. Tell us on Twitter what your favorite snack is for when you're working. I'll make sure that our those links are in the show notes. So we'd love to hear what you prefer as a snack. And again, if you have to put cheese on the chips and you sit down with a plate and it takes you more than a couple minutes to finish it, it's no longer a snack. That would be a meal. And that's fine. But let's just call it what it is. So. And how do you silence your kids while they're at school with, their, with snacks? What's, what are your favorite snacks to silence your kids? That would also be... Okay, really that would be good. So, <laughs> yes. So, all right. So, a couple of things happening this week. Right? A lot. Where we're recording this on Wednesday. Today is the second day of Amazon Prime Day. Yesterday was the iPhone launch. We're going to talk a little bit about each of those things. Let's start with Prime Day because it's still happening right now. I sent you a text and I said, "So, did you get anything good for Prime Day?" And I think you said. Like you paid for your cat, which well, yeah. I don't think you got a discount at Amazon as a result of it. No. But was there anything else that was interesting to you? Okay. I started looking and this is what happens to me a lot when they're at these big kinds of events is I want to look and I want a Christmas shop for my you know holiday shop for my family, for my spouse, partner, whatever you want to call them, uh, my kids. Uh, and I get analysis paralysis because there are so many things and I feel overwhelmed and I'm not ready to Christmas shop yet. So, I, I mean, I'd rather do like a Cyber Monday type thing than a Prime Day. And I got burned on Prime Day a couple of years ago. There was this coffee table I really wanted and then they didn't get it to me. And then they, wouldn't, they had it, but they wouldn't give me the Prime Day price. So I was kind of mad. Uh, so <laughs> I, I started looking. I'm really interested in an air fryer and there are a lot on there. And I was, my dad's, like, I learned how to cook from my dad. And he's big on the air fryer. And he sent me this, uh, a link to an air fryer. He's like, I want one that does this and this and this and this. And I said, well, good luck finding one that does everything. And then he sent me a link. And he goes, I'm pretty sure it can wash your car, too. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So uh, I was wondering, I did not, have not bought anything. But I have till midnight, right? I, I think so. And I would be very surprised if there aren't deals that like carry over because really they started with deals early and again as that they will linger you know. yeah and like target for example is actually so my, i'm gonna get to that in a second my wife actually had asked me yesterday she had to work so she kept sending me messages is there any good amazon deal and the reason she asked me is because last year i wrote an article about the best tech gadget prime day deals mm. i didn't write one this year but i still get all of the like PR email and I get a lot of them and not just from Amazon, from other companies that are having like kind of like sales to piggyback along with prime day. And so I just started forwarding things to her because I'm like, I don't know, look and see if there's anything here, but I will say that I do know that there are some interesting um, kitchen. I don't know if there's air fryers, but I did remember seeing an email with Amazon. Some of their branded stuff have some interesting deal still i'm not going to go into them too much because by the time anybody listens to this obviously all of that stuff will probably be outdated and i would hate for someone to be like oh sweet i'm gonna go get that but i do know target is because i get their emails as well they're having deals all the way through thanksgiving and the reason they're doing that is they're trying to spread out the love so that you don't feel the pressure to show up at the store on black friday they really would rather you not show up at the store on black friday because you can imagine during a pandemic a store full of people 
looking for an air fryer is probably not a good situation. Right. So. I know. I I feel bad about this because I try to buy gifts that are local, especially being the only Pingree and the only Arkansas person uh, really in my family here. It's like I try to get them local stuff so they don't think I live on a farm. Uh, <laughs> but I always end up just like last minuting it and getting things off Amazon when I really should just be doing that all year and saving it. But that's not the kind of mom and da- daughter I am. So, <laughs> well, and it's complicated this year because Prime Day is, I mean, it's the middle of October. Prime Day is usually in July, mm-hmm. right? So, normally in July, you're, you, you don't have that pressure of, okay, now I have to rationalize is this a Christmas mm-hmm. gift for somebody? Is this, true, you just true. buy stuff because it's on sale and you're like, I need a TV, I need headphones, I need a fryer, whatever. And you can justify it because it's 40% off. But now it's sort of, why am I doing this? You got to be strategic about it. So I wonder, you know, if that if that's causing the only thing we bought that I know of is my wife bought a book because our son's birthday is tomorrow Aww. and she wanted him to have a book. So she How bought old is him he a book. OK, that's not fair. Nine. He'll be nine. Tomorrow. <laughs> nine. Oh, you have too many kids. You have, I do. You have I too have many kids. I have too many cats. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I don't have as many kids as she has cats, but it's close. It's very. Uh, yeah. And I'm um, to, to Target's point. I'm actually I've been impressed with the stuff that they've been doing like you know, I had a big problem with Best Buy getting a TV and I went to Target and I was really impressed with the, the electronic guy's, uh, ac- you know, tech acumen. He was, he knew what he was talking about because, uh, you know, how like Target has the TVs, their element is their brand. And he was just straight up told me he works for Target. And he told me, do not buy an element. <laughs> right and i was like well thank you for being honest and like uh but and he guided me through what we needed and we ended up with a roku tv when we had a fire tv and i actually really really like it and it was about a hundred dollars less than for the same size screen and a 4k quality and a smart tv so i was i was pretty happy i'm so far pretty happy with nice. it Nice. yeah and you know the other thing that is nice about target is you can order things and you can go pick them up in the store or you can just drive up and they'll bring it out to your car or they'll deliver it to you the same day Mm -hmm. because they're using their stores sort of as like distribution centers. Whereas with Amazon, I mean, one day, two day shipping, that's pretty cool. That's fast. But my son's birthday is tomorrow. So if we were still, (laughs) we're the kind of parents that if we were still trying to figure something out, like it's nice to know that we could actually just go, Right. You don't have to wander through the store. You can do the shopping part online. Cause see, I don't really like to wander through the store. I, I just don't wanna, either. I don't. I Marcus, Marcus loves to wa- wander through the store. I'm like, why did what make what makes you want to do that? <laughs> see, for my wife, Target would be a perfectly acceptable well, date. All women love Target. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so so moving on from Prime Day, the other big thing that happened was. Apple had a big event yesterday. I think everybody knows that by now. They announced a couple of things. They mostly announced iPhones. They also announced a new HomePod mini. We can talk about those, but I did want to mention first that something that's very interesting is that in the past, a lot of these things probably would have all been either announced at an iPhone event that would have normally happened in September and been two hours long or 90 minutes long, and then other things like this HomePod probably would have just been done with a press release. They would have yeah, just put out a press it w- release. Yeah, I was surprised it was it was that short when you tell when you told me because 
I finally got done with my day and I sat down to watch it and I was like, what, 70 minutes is it? <laughs> yeah. And I think the Apple watch event was like 61 minutes <laughs> and this one was seven is, I think it was like an hour and eight minutes or something. And it's interesting that now I think Apple probably feels this freedom that if you're going to produce these things, you can produce as many of them as you, I mean, there's still time involved and money involved, but I mean, it's Apple. They're worth a couple trillion dollars. They can handle it and they do it really well. I'm almost curious if this is the way that things will happen in the future or if, you know, when they'll go back to in-person events. But this particular event, they started with the HomePod and I want to start with the HomePod, the HomePod mini, I'm sorry. And just for context, in case there's anybody who doesn't know what the HomePod is, Apple a couple years ago introduced a HomePod and it's a, it's a smart speaker but the emphasis is on speaker, right? It's it's a really good speaker, It's but it's $299. And most people who are buying smart speakers are not gonna spend 200. I mean, very few people who are not already Apple fans bought HomePods, because actually when they came out, they were $349. And, you know, there were some limitations. They are powered by Siri. Siri's okay for a lot of things, but she's not as helpful as Alexa or Google Assistant. And so the new version is smaller, like the size of a candle. It looks like a candle. It really does. Yeah. I agree. It looks like a candle. <laughs> My daughter even asked, is Apple selling a candle? Like, no joke. I tweeted a picture of it. Um, How cool would it be if they actually had a smell that came out of them and you put like a oil diffuser in it and it also was a candle? Because okay, what else Apple. can it not do? <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. That's a ter- terrible idea. No, I'm just kidding. But it's only 99 bucks. That's sort of the kicker here. Now, as smart speakers goes, that's actually still kind of expensive because I just noticed that the third generation Echo Dot is on sale for 19 bucks. Right? Like you can get smart speakers very cheap. I suspect that this will still sound a whole lot better than that. It probably won't sound as good as the original HomePod, but for $99 as opposed to $299. I think it's really, really kind of interesting. The, and I think actually I wrote about this this morning. I think Apple didn't have a choice because everyone is buying Echoes and the Nest Mini stuff, right? You're either buying Amazon stuff or you're buying the Google ones. And if Apple doesn't have one, they're going to get left behind. Right. And so what it's, it feels like what they're trying to do is, you have to make an absolute switch because with this deep integration with the iPhone, if you're an Apple user, you're going to be very tempted to switch and get, because I do feel like that. And tell me if you disagree, because I'm wondering if it's like, if I got these minis for my house, what would the point be of having my echoes? Yeah, that's a good question. And I feel like I'm not the best person to actually answer that. And the reason is that I, as I've said before, I think probably on the first episode, our th- three children's bedrooms, meaning we have three bedrooms, the boys share a room, but the three bedrooms that our kids use each have a echo dot with the LCD or led clock on the front of it. Mm-hmm. And then through the rest of the house, however, we have, um, Google devices. We have a uh, a nest hub max we have a nest hub which is the smaller one that sits here on my desk and we have a bunch of the well a bunch i say a bunch we have like two of the um nest minis and then in the classroom we actually have a lenovo smart clock that 
Lenovo sent to test out, we thought, well, what better place to put it than into the classroom because we're in there all the time and that's powered by Google Assistant. And then I also, we have one of the Nest Audio, which is Google's brand new speaker. And, and I haven't had a chance to really play with it. They sent it to us to review. So we have both Google and we have Alexa. So the question is, if we bought HomePod minis, would we get rid of the rest of them? And the answer to that is, I don't know. And there's two reasons. One, none of the other devices have the little, I mean, I really like the Alexa. Sorry, I should stop saying her name because people are probably getting triggered or she's probably getting triggered. Um, what do we call her? Gertrude? Gertrude. We well, have the, I have headphones uh, on, so she can't hear you. Yes, but anybody who's listening to this right now in their home, oh, that might be different. But, but do anyway, you ever notice have, if you're watching TV and it says it, it doesn't trigger? Okay, well, hopefully it didn't trigger anything. But anyway, the Echo Dots with the clock in the kids' rooms, we wouldn't get rid of those, right? Because those are alarm clocks. They have a clock on them. They look really cool. They're small. So we wouldn't replace those with $100 things. We right. have the Nest Hub Max, Google Nest Hub Max, terrible name, up in the kitchen, and it has the, the video camera. So it sort of serves as a security device. It has the screen on it. Yeah, it's a really good speaker. As far as the speaker is concerned, I, I'd be fine replacing it if it sounded better. But it doesn't have a screen, so we don't get that functionality, right? The right. Nest Hub Max, you can just tell it, "Hey, turn on CNN or whatever you might want to watch." And just yeah, I have out. a I have an Echo Show, which is similar capability and a great speaker too. Yeah, and the other piece is that all of the smart lights that we have in our house are controlled. They're the C by GE, so they're all controlled by the Google stuff, not the Amazon, because the Amazon stuff was really, at least for me, my brain is not smart enough to figure it out, really complicated to set up. Obviously, Apple has HomeKit, which is why I think it was so important for them to release the Siri, I mean, the HomePod mini, but the but I don't, we wouldn't switch over to that stuff. Does that make sense? It, yeah, so I don't know. It does. I mean... It the confusing part for me is like we find value in the devices we already have, but I want to kind of go one way or another. I don't want to have this smorgasbord of different devices and operating systems in order to control my overall smart home. So I feel I could either end up trying to sell or just getting rid of my other stuff. Like at this point, is the Echo Dot Generation One like what? Do you, what do you, if they're selling them for twenty bucks? You basically throw it in the trash. Well, yeah, and that's true. And the interesting thing is, so one of the things you can do with the HomePod mini is you can buy two of them and create a stereo pair. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a sound bar or a sound system for your TV and you happen to use an Apple TV, then they become a very great option for sound, right? A lot of people did that with the original ones, but that's, you're talking about $600, right? You might as well just buy a, a yeah, sound Amazon bar has a point. cool. Th Amazon has a cool thing for that. That's not very big. My brother has it. Um, mm -hmm. that he just puts it right in front of his TV and he has one in the back in the kitchen and they kind of, they bounce off of each other for stereo sound system. So, I mean, that's not exclusive to Apple's and it's not exclusive to Amazon either. But I mean, I think they're just, they're getting, making sure they get there in the competition and their whole plan is to make, oh, why don't we just make our whole house an Apple house and get rid of everything else? Because, and I really think that the big key thing there is the super deep integration with the iPhone. I like that but, a lot. And I think you're right. And so 
the the piece that I wrote this morning, I'll I'll add a link to it in the show notes. Was really about I think there was three reasons that Apple introduced the HomePod Mini. The first one is that nobody was really buying the HomePod. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen meant, one in one of, yeah. in one friend's house like two years ago. Well, and I'll say this: I don't have one, <laughs> right? And if you and don't have it, no one does. I'm, I'm just and it's not. I'm, there are bigger Apple loyalists out there, but I would not pay three hundred dollars for a HomePod. I'm sure it sounds amazing. We have a very nice Bose wireless speaker in our living room, and then we have the Google Nest Home hub max whatever the heck that thing is called which also sounds very good so with those two things and actually that bose one is airplay 2 compatible which means our apple tv uses that speaker for movies and stuff and it sounds amazing and so i wouldn't that's why i didn't buy a home pod i probably would buy home pod minis but i've already got like we said probably a half dozen at least eight maybe other devices in the house and so apple had to release something because it was losing that battlefront badly and it had no no foothold in the smart speaker market this it which meant that the only way most people could control their home stuff was either if you had an apple tv or if you had an iphone and that's fine most people do but if you're if you walk over to your friend's house and everything is you know hey you know doodle turn off the lights and they just turn off or I can tell Google right now, Hey Google, turn the lights in the office to 40% and it'll change all the lights. Um, Mm -hmm. And Apple didn't have that. You had to do it on your phone. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's just a, a losing battle. So, but the other more interesting thing I think is the HomePod has Apple's U1 chip in it. So what the heck does that mean? It's the ultra wideband chip, which is used for precise location tracking. Basically what it means is two devices with U1 chips can tell when they're close to each other and not just can tell when they're close to each other, they can actually tell how far apart they are. So if you think about a house that had several of these um, HomePod minis in it, that meant if you lose your phone or anything else with a U1 chip in it, the HomePod mini can actually tell you not just that it's, on that side of your house, I can tell you it's like under the bed or I can tell you like where it is. And so right now the iPhones have them in them. The new Apple watches have the U1 chip and now the HomePod minis have this chip. And Apple's goal is to get as many devices with the U1 chip in them in your home because the find my app that is like, I've used it many times to find Mm -hmm. these that I've lost. Right. And so, but now you're going to be the, the thing about the the way Apple is doing this. They talked about it. I I can't. I think it was last year, maybe, at WWDC, that their goal is that they have this. Uh, this is not how they would describe it, but this passive system where you, if you came to my house and you left your phone at my house, your phone, even when the battery gets low, would use the Bluetooth beacons, transmit. These other devices would pick it up, but no data from your phone could be exposed, but it would be able to then send the signal back to say, this is where your phone is. And so it's trying to create this large blanket network type thing so that no one's ever going to lose their stuff again. Right. And the rumors are that sometime early next year, they're going to introduce those little tile things. Yeah, I used to have tiles. But these are going to be better (laughs) and you can drop them in your backpack. So now you'd know where your kid is 
right? Mm-hmm. Hey, they didn't, they're at school. Awesome. I see that they made it or my phone is over there or I left my Apple watch over there. Anyway, that's I know, I know we both have apps on our phone for that, but they're trying to make it simpler and like to have things in one spot. Like, um, well, they're trying to make it right now. All that the iPhone and these other devices can do is say it was on this Wi-Fi network. That's the last time we saw it. It pinged off this tower or it hit that Wi-Fi network. Now it'll be like, no, you left it in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or you left it in the bedroom. That's actually one of my um, my favorite features I never really would have thought about about my watch is I don't know where I left my phone in the house. You know, you can swipe up on your watch and you can ping your phone. Uh, and I can't tell you how much I use that. And then it's like, oh, it's in my purse. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, I'm, try- I'm trying to sell Beth on that because so her birthday is this weekend, but we just got her an Apple Watch SE. Nice. And yeah, and she is rebelling. She doesn't want to wear it because she doesn't, she doesn't think she's a watch person. I made her promise she'd wear it for four days. And I said, look at all, here's all the benefits. But the biggest one and maybe the only one that is that is going to convince her <laughs> is that she can tap that little button and her phone will beep, right? I, <laughs> and she, I'm telling you, it's a good one. If, if, does she have a big purse? No, she doesn't. I mean, her purse is maybe just a little bit bigger than her phone so it's more oh. like a wallet that you carry around so yeah. but the other thing oh in fairness the other reason that she, i think she'll probably end up liking it is that when she's at work she can't look at her phone and she she's a nurse so she has to wear a mask so even if she looks at her phone it's not going to unlock mm-hmm. but she can just look at her watch so anyway. right so anyway enough about the watch sorry we talk about that we have to talk I know, about we talk about the watch all the time and i just feel like i'm <laughs> back at home with mine but Something weird happened to mine the other day. I reformatted my um, the face of my watch, and it reverted to my complications and my watch face reverted. So I don't know. It's Apple Watch thing. Uh, yeah, but you have a Series 3, so I can't help you. Yeah. I think we need to have my daughter as a guest on here because she's always coming there, and she showed me how to like make some really cool screens. She's like, do you want me to take your phone and just redo your whole all your, you know, your, all your screens. She's like, I did mine. It took like two hours, but it's amazing. She's, I'm like crazy impressed by how well a 10 year old has been able to figure out iOS 14, like how, and then we talked about how excited she was to get it. Like she's, she's onto something there. And my son is completely uninterested. He's like, yeah, that's Savannah's thing. (laughs) (laughs) So one last thought on the home pods. I do think, and this is one of the things I like about the, echo dots that are in our kids room is that from my phone i can send an announcement to all of their devices hey you lazy bums get out of bed the kitchen is closing right just because yep. it's saturday i do that too can sleep till 10 right but the the home pod minis will do the same thing and the opposite is so you can use them to make announcements but the opposite's true They'll recognize all of the different voices. Ah, oh, you stole my thunder. That was okay. My you last... talk. Go ahead. That was Go ahead. <laughs> that, no. That was just my last thought about how cool it was. Like when you're watching, I was watching the video about how the voice recognition. Like there was a kid that walked up to the device and it was like, "Tell Kaylee, text Kaylee, I'll be there in ten minutes. We're on the way." And that type of technology is pretty wicked cool to me because how does it even know whose voice it is and who's how does it know whose voice has Kaylee on their phone? Is there some calibration thing in the beginning or does it somehow know? Yeah. And so I don't know about the HomePod because obviously, but if you set up Siri for the first time, she will, if you set up the 
voice prompt for Siri. You know, you can always get to Siri if you just hold down the button or whatever. But if you set up the voice prompt, she'll ask you to say some things so that she can get a voice pattern. The Google devices do the same thing. So our Google Nest Hub Max, I think I actually said it right that time, upstairs in our kitchen recognizes my voice. Now, the reason that she recognizes my voice is that I have a six-year-old who loves to talk to Google. And it can get a little bit obnoxious. We love him, but he's six. And so in the morning, she will not respond to anyone until actually she till she sees my face, which is weird that she's always watching, but she has a camera. But she, if I ask her, you know, what's the next thing on my calendar? She'll tell me what's on my calendar. But if he asks her or if somebody, then she'll just ignore it because she doesn't oh. recognize that voice. So okay. that's cool. So that I think I imagine in to set that up, you had to go through a process using the app on the phone to say some things and then she recognizes your voice. So I imagine you just have to do, I imagine you just have to have everyone do that process. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think it's pretty cool, especially for people with a lot of, a lot of members in in their household. And this is on, this stuff is what our kids are going to grow up with and they're going to be better at it than we are. Right. <laughs> so, right. That's scary to me. It's I'm, I feel like I'm already getting there, which is really creepy, but. Anyways. So moving on to the more exciting part, the phones. They uh, they uh, they introduced a couple of, not a couple. They they introduced four new phones, and obviously that we've been waiting for the iPhone 12 for a while. So what? I guess I'll ask you first before we dive into some of the details. What was your first impression, just kind of in general? Sure. Uh, they looked really sharp. I liked the new colors. As a girl, you know, I'm into color. I want the navy blue if I were to get one. Um, but uh, I liked how thin they were, too. I think they're uh, a consistent theme with iPhones is they keep trying to maximize the screen size while also somehow making the phone smaller and more compatible <laughs> to fit in your pocket, fit in your purse, or whatever. Um, and I also really like I'm, as we know, I'm really good at breaking screens and things, and I was really intrigued by this ceramic screen, which is supposedly four times stronger than the iPhone 11's screen, and able, so if you were to drop it, four, you're four times less likely, supposedly, for the screen to break without even a protector on it, which, uh, that's, that's a, that's a big sell to me, and, um, yeah, and I, I think so. The ceramic shield is what you're talking about, yeah. and it's so it's really so it's like they took the glass and they infused it with this nano ceramic crystal on the front screen, and the claim is that it is four times better drop performance. That's literally the words on Apple. Yep. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. Does that mean that if you drop the phone four times, it'll only break once? Does I don't, does That's that a mean good that question. you? Does that mean you can drop it from four times higher? They aren't actually, and there's a little um, footnote, but it doesn't It doesn't say. It just says compared to the previous generation, which is the iPhone 11. And my thing, and I hope that, so most glass, well, most materials, the, the more durable they are, meaning the more uh, resistant to cracking, oftentimes that means that they are more susceptible to scratches. So on the, hmm. on the watch is a good example. The Ion X glass that's on the Series 5 and the Series 4, well, actually, I shouldn't say it that way. The Ion X glass is on the aluminum models of the Apple Watch 
including the series six and the, um, is more shatter resistant. It's not going to crack, but it scratches like crazy. The Sapphire crystal glass, which is what the series six, like with the stainless steel or the titanium have. And I think the older models with the ceramic that doesn't scratch, but you could, you could crack it. Right. There's sort of a trade off and balance between those two. For me on a watch, I'd rather have the one that doesn't scratch because in the series four, I did end up having some, some little scratches on it, but it was never going to break, but I wear it on my wrist. Now I know you've broken a few. So, I've never so broken. Little... I've never broken one while I don't think, but you would never break it while you're wearing it. Right? I think I and did I once when I was on time. a boat. Okay. But I was like in a sailing competition and I, <laughs> different story. I, and I feel like if you break your watch while you're wearing it, you might actually have a bigger problem because you have to like come in contact with something else with your wrist pretty hard to crack. Yeah. It didn't hurt my so, wrist, but I think the very first one, that was my first series one ever. Uh, that was the only time something cracked and it, other things were it like it was on a table and the cat kicked it off or whatever. Yeah. And so hopefully the ceramic shield on the front of the iPhone 12 series is also better scratch resistant. I, my iPhone 11 pro has never cracked, but I do have a nice scratch on it. <laughs> and the alternative is I'll put those screen protectors on here and they don't scratch, but they always break. And so there's sort of a trade off to the two. So we should talk real quickly. I'll give the rundown. There's four models, the iPhone 12 mini, the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 Pro, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. The iPhone 12 Pro Max is the largest screen Apple's ever put on an iPhone. It is 6.7 inches. And the iPhone 12 mini is the smallest uh, iPhone at six at 5.4. And that's the form factor of that iPhone is smaller than the current iPhone SE the whole phone is smaller. So it's a full screen phone, but the phone is, but it's smaller than the SE. So it's, it is small. And it's, Apple says it's the smallest full screen, you know, it's small, but it has more screen space than the SE because the SE does has the, the borders and has the chin and the forehead. Yeah. Yes, that, that is true. Um, and the, yeah, the screen on the SE is 4.7 inches, but the phone itself is actually bigger than the, yeah, I want to I want to play with them. I want to play with them side by side. Um, the regular. I'm not interested in the Pro or the Max, really, because they make them sound like they're more for like professional photographers or people who use their phone as their main. That's like a really big part of their job, and I don't, unless I'm like on Slack, which I do on my computer most of the time anyway. Um, but I am interested in a smaller phone because I have so much crap I carry around in my purse or whatever. Um, so anything that can kind of decrease the amount of, like, I put my purse in my passenger seat and the seatbelt light goes on. <laughs> so, and it does not weigh 60 pounds. I promise you that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure why it does that. But anything that can take up less real estate in my purse or if it can actually fit in, you know, women's jeans pockets, I'm all, I'm all about trying that out. And. So one of the interesting things is, so what phone do you currently have? The 10? I have a 10, um, a, a 10X. 10, okay, just a 10. Okay. Just a 10. 10 and X are the same thing, right? 
Yeah, 10, right. But then they had the 10R and the 10S. And anyway, okay, so you just have the Series 10. So that was the original big screen thing. So the yeah. 12 and the 12 Pro are a slightly larger screen than the than the 10. And they are slightly larger, like barely larger overall size. But they are but where it gets interesting is anyone who has the current iPhone 11 the screen is the same size. The iPhone 12 and the 12 Pro has the exact same 6.1 inch size screen, but the phones themselves are actually smaller than the current iPhone 11, which that's kind of nice because I have the 11 Pro, which is smaller. It's only a 5.8 inch screen. And I kind of like this size, but I'm thinking the 12 Pro is the one that I would want. And it's the same size as my wife's iPhone 11 for a screen and I'm fine with that, but I like the fact that the phone itself will actually be somewhere in between because right now the lar- the smallest phone you can actually get that's this design is the 12 Pro. I mean the 11 Pro, which means you're paying, you're paying more money, right? You have to buy the Pro version. And I think for a lot of people of the 11 series, the iPhone 11 is actually the best value, right? It's a great price. It does all the things. It doesn't have three cameras, but whatever. But now the 12 and the 12 Pro are the same they're the same size phone. All you, all you have to do is decide, do I, do I care about the cameras? You know you know what I mean? You don't have to decide. But you, they took the size out of the equation. So why would you want a pro rather than just the regular 12? So there's, well, let me say two things. One, I haven't tested any of them. I suspect the conclusion that I'll come to when I make recommendations is most people should get the 12 or the 12 mini if you want something small. In my opinion, that's probably the best by far because it's $7.99, the best value uh, for most people. That's the mini is $7.99, right? No, the mini is $6.99. Oh, sign And the regular $7.99, yeah. $7.99, starts at $7.99. Um, then the iPhone 12 Pro starts at $9.99. So there are really two things. One, um, especially since they're the same size, I'm the kind of person that, thinks just give me all the features right I, I don't want i don't want to have a phone although we can talk about this because this is actually not true because the 12 pro max does have some different features but i don't know if i can bring myself to buy a phone that big but i want i don't want i don't want this i don't want less than i don't want to buy a phone and be like you didn't get all the things that person's phone has more things than yours has so the the biggest differences are that the 12 pro okay first of all let's just they all have 5G. Let's just get that out of the way. It's pretty much meaningless at this point. A lot of people think they already have 5G in their iPhone. If they're on AT and T, we, we have had this a conversation. conversation about this already. <laughs> because iPhone our app or AT and T has stuck that stupid 5G evolution logo on your phone, but it, you don't have 5G. There's no the old iPhones. None of them have 5G. All of these iPhones have 5G, and it probably won't matter if you don't live in San Francisco or New York just straight up it's not and even if you do it's probably not going to matter because it's so touch and go okay they all have an ultra wide and a wide camera they're all capable of recording dolby vision hdr video there's a slight difference in the frame rate whatever the other difference that where they're different is that the pros have the lidar scanner which helps night mode helps portraits faster autofocus and allows some of the uh, ar augmented reality stuff they have basically the same playback. They have the same ceramic shield like you were talking about. A lot of the rest of the things are, are the same. It's just that the camera system is essentially 
right? Better, it has the lighter and it has the more cameras. It sounds so, like a really millennial phone. A really, what, what do you mean? Millennial, like, you know, because they're so obsessed with taking selfies and that being in the night mode and the, the gaming that is coming out on the um, on the iPhone 12 that's supposed to be comparable to console systems. I was like, seriously, there's another thing I have to compete with for my kid's time <laughs> but without them yeah. having to have another gaming system right there on their iPhone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so the biggest, like, they have the same displays now that didn't used to be true. There used to be a lot of differences. <laughs> now the biggest difference is essentially in the camera sensors, you know, there's more, there's three cameras instead of two and there's LIDAR between the pro and the, they have the same sensors and everything else. So they're going to perform the same. They have, according to Apple, the same, um, battery life. Mm -hmm. The mini has a little bit less, which makes sense. It's smaller, it's smaller. <laughs> right? Um, they're all compatible with the new MagSafe, which we can talk about. That was the last thing too. on my list too. That's yeah. So really the question, what's interesting for me is that I think most people should get the iPhone 12 if they're going to upgrade. Okay. I, I probably would be a fan of the iPhone 12 pro, but that means that I have to go against my philosophy that I just said, which is that if you're going to get it, you might as well get all the things because mm -hmm. the 12, the 12 pro max has more different things Mainly in the camera, it has a 5x instead of 4x optical zoom range, and it has an image stabilization system on the wide uh, sensor camera sensor. So they move the image. So image stabilization is when you're taking a picture, you know, and your hand shakes a little mm -hmm. bit, and your picture gets blurry because you're trying to hold it in place to take a picture. Image stabilization counteracts that by, on most cameras, moving the lens just a little bit. You can't tell, but it moves the lens. But on the wide, which is the most common. Um, sensor that you you know people are using it's actually on the sensor so the sensor actually right moves. and you have a photography background so that could i mean that means something to you to me right. it doesn't i'm snapping pictures of my kids and my cats and if i need someone else to take pictures of them that look professional i hire them to do that <laughs> so well and there you go and you know your cats won't care what camera you take their picture with i totally agree with they don't want that. their picture taken there yeah <laughs> exactly so i probably the, I, it, I would agree philosophically that if you pay the most money for a phone, you should get the most things. Mm -hmm. But I'm not paying for a phone that has a 6.7 inch. I just don't. I have. So I have a OnePlus phone here, the OnePlus 8 Pro, which is, I think, a 6.7 inch. It's a slightly different shape, but this is my phone and this is mm. the. I mean, it's a huge difference. That looks like a tablet. It's it's a huge difference. I don't and I just don't think I could I could do that for my main so you, my main phone. You wouldn't say someone like me who has a ten, don't go upgrade to an eleven just because it's a little cheaper. Go if you're gonna upgrade, go to the twelve. So yes, that's an interesting question because they are still selling the eleven. And I think it's like five ninety nine or six ninety nine. But Verizon's offering this deal if you upgrade to the twelve, it's um a reduced amount. I mean, if you don't pay outright, they're only charging like 12 to $19 a month, whereas AT&T, before I paid my phone off, our phones off, that was an extra $40 a month we both had to pay. So. Um, okay. So the iPhone 11, the reason it's an interesting question is because they're actually selling it for $599, right? So and the iPhone 11 is a great phone. It's the same, and it's the same size as the iPhone 12. It has the two camera system. It has the A13 Bionic, which is 
still faster than any smartphone processor except for the, the A14s. <laughs> so it's not a bad deal. The problem is the only problem I would say is this. Even though I said all those things about 5G not really being a thing that should matter, it will eventually. And if you're going to keep this phone for the next three to four years, eventually you probably will have the opportunity to take advantage of 5G. So you probably are better off having a phone right. that can take advantage of it instead of buying one now and then having to upgrade later. Well, how do so, we, how do, who has phones for three to four years anymore? Well, people who Our are not tech people. Yeah, most people do. <laughs> I think the average is three. I think the average is three years. So really, I, well, that's I changing too. I mean, think about how, how slowly the releases came out at first and how quickly they come out now. Well, but I think the interesting thing is I think people are actually keeping their phones longer because once you, like I just said, the A13 chip is going to be a viable chip for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's going to, it's going to do its thing. And it, I mean, it is literally still better performance on the A13 Bionic chip than any other smartphone you can buy from any other maker, including ones that were introduced in the last three months. And that's a year old phone. It'll mm. last you a while is what I'm trying to say. But that said, the only reason I would buy that is if you feel like you're going to, you're coming from maybe a 6S or a 7 or an 8 and you're like, I need something, but I don't want the big thing. I'm at. You, you're, it's just going to carry you over and you're going to, you know, you're going to upgrade in two years anyway, because right. in two years they'll be on the iPhone 14 or whatever they decide to call it and it'll have wings and it'll clean your bathroom. <laughs> And that'll be fine. 5G will be the smallest feature on it. So it'll be, it'll sense? vacuum your house. It'll, it'll yeah. be, like a, it'll it'll be like, a Roomba. I went from a 6S plus to a 10. Like I jumped big on that one. And so having the 10, I've had it for two years. Um, you know, we paid it off. So I'm like, all right, well, the phones still work fine. We finally paid off what we owed on the monthly installments on the phone. So the bill went down by like, $82. I'm like, let's just hang with this for a little bit. New stuff's going to come out and then we'll trade in later. Yeah. And I think for people who are, who are thinking about upgrading, you shouldn't upgrade just because they screamed about 5g at every opportunity during the keynote, because for most people, and I hate, I hate to sound like a naysayer here, but for most people, 5G is just not a thing yet. It's it, right. it's just not this that this phone I was just showing you. Actually, most of the phones that I've been reviewing lately, they're all 5G phones, and I can go outside, and they are literally no faster because there's there's no 5G. I mean, I don't right. live in a big city, so that's fine. But it'll be a while before, and I and I have a T-Mobile and a Verizon phone here, and on neither of those networks is 5G a thing at this point. Right. So, got you and i mean i feel bad i mean verizon is who our iphone is and clearly apple had lots of feelings for verizon because they gave (laughs) the ceo like time on the stage which was just weird i i just it was weird yeah i was like who who are you why are you here now (laughs) and what's interesting is when apple introduced the first iphone the chairman of it was singular at the time became AT&T. i had singular oh yeah so he <laughs> they invited him on the stage but it was a big deal because at that point apple i mean it was an exclusive essentially to at&t but singular at the time but at that point the wireless carriers controlled everything 
right? They, they, I mean, most phones that you, the iPhone was absurd in that it didn't have any AT&T or Verizon or whatever software, right? They all, that was how phones came. The, the phone company decided not, not the phone company as in the people that make the phone, the people that were selling it to you, they decided what software's on it, what all those things. And, but we're well past that. Apple long ago ripped away control from the carriers. carriers. So it was very interesting to me. And I almost, I, I sent a text about this today. I almost wonder if like Apple was forcing Verizon to make a public commitment to expanding their network because here's the thing, when people get their 5G iPhone and it doesn't get anything faster, they're not going to blame that on the iPhone. Right. Right. You don't blame your phone for the slowness of your data. I don't think. I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody blames the the speed of the download on the phone. People understand it's the cellular service provider. And people have been complaining about their cellular service providers for decades so I, I almost wonder if it's like, is this Apple's way of saying, listen, we're going to talk about 5G, even though it's kind of pointless at this point. So you better you better like make it happen if we're going to give you this time. I don't know what else they could have. I mean, short of like writing a big old check. I don't know. Like, please look right. on the stage. Right. No, no. And I know we're uh, we're getting a little long on time, but I know you like listening. Our listeners just would love to listen to us all day. So this is true. Um, I do want to touch on one last thing, which is MagSafe. And I know that was towards the end of the keynote, but I'm a little cloudy on it because I don't feel like they described it super well. Like, is it on the case or can you actually just charge it right on the phone? So let me talk about MagSafe for a second. So this was my, this was my takeaway from the event yesterday. And so I wrote a piece about the event. I I published it yesterday. It's on ink.com. You can go read it. I'll add a link here. The phones are fine, but to me, the by far the most interesting thing was MagSafe for two reasons. One, there were some rumors that Apple was going to introduce a wireless charger, but I don't think anybody really foresaw that this was what was going to happen. And for people who have been longtime Apple users and fans, MagSafe is a big deal. In fact, I argued that it's probably the most popular feature ever <laughs> from Apple because the original MagSafe was the little way that your power cord plugged into the side of your MacBook Air or your MacBook Pro or your PowerBook, I guess. And it was magnetic and it was just strong enough that it would stay in place. But if your cat came by and yanked it, it would just come out. Right, it was no, no damage. There's so no brilliant. <laughs> it was the, yeah, you didn't have to worry about damaging the port and you didn't have to worry about your laptop going flying. It was the best thing. It was the best thing. But when Apple started eliminating ports, MagSafe was one of the first to go. Actually, yeah, it was one of the first to go. Now everything's just USB-C. That's great because you can power your laptop. You can do all those things. Excuse me. But I, I, I think if you ask most people which ports they would most like to see come back to their Mac, SD card reader and MagSafe. By far, that's that's what they would want. So what Apple really did is they sort of took that really popular brand of MagSafe and they applied it to the phone. It looks exactly like what I, what I charge my watch with. It's very, very similar to what you charge your watch with. And that is probably the inspiration for it. So when Apple introduced the watch, they introduced it with the funny little dome on the back. And part of the reason for that is so that it sits right into the charger and it won't move. The reason is that 
you would hate to wake up in the morning thinking you'd have a char- uh, fully charged watch and have it be dead. That, it's that's a me, really, but really... It's happened to me, but that's because I have animals and children that like to mess with right. crap. But that's a really <laughs> bad experience, right? So it's mm-hmm. magnetic. Your watch fits right in that spot. It charges. It charges pretty fast. It's great. So, But the problem with most phones is you set them on the charger and you have the same experience if it's not lined up exactly right. Like on your QI, char- on your QI charger. Chi chargers Qi is what those charger. are called. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, if you don't line it up exactly right, I'm messing with. Happens. Yeah, I'm messing with mine right now, and it's like actually, it's not working. <laughs> and <laughs> so. yeah, and so for a long time, Apple was supposed to introduce something called Air Power, so you could just set it down; it wouldn't matter. We actually have, I actually have a Nomad Base Station Pro. I'll give it a shout out. It's. It's actually pretty incredible. You can charge three different devices at a time on it, and it doesn't matter where you set them. That's pretty cool. It is. It really is pretty cool. It you doesn't matter where you set it, and it actually works really well. That's a, kind of another story. Apple's solution, on the other hand, is what if we stuck magnets in a circle in the back so that when you stuck the charger on your phone, it just stayed right in the right spot, and it, charged, and it charges faster than wireless charging currently works on the iPhone. Now, the iPhone 12 series, so all of those that we talked about, will still be compatible with all of your Qi chargers that you currently uh-huh. have. So that's fine, but it will now also be char- compatible with MagSafe. Apple took it a step farther because they're like, listen, if we're going to put these magnets in the back, we can do more things than just have you stick your charger on there. So they have cases that are magnetic, so they just snap onto your thing. They have that wallet. They've introduced a leather wallet that's shielded, so you can stick it on the back of your phone, and you can keep your credit card, your driver's license, whatever on there. Um, They're making it available to third party. So Belkin is already releasing products, including a car mount. I saw that, Um, yeah. Yeah, so I I think that's really, really genius if you think about it, because that's great that you put this technology in there, but you might as well do, do other things with it, because you put a lot of effort into making this thing happen and the magnets work even if you're not charging. Right. So right? you so don't have to have the magnetic case on it to charge it. Correct. No. So you, but, think, the, okay. but what they were trying to show you is you can do both. Okay. You can have all those cases on there and then you can still charge it anyways. I liked that. There was something really compelling about that video towards the end. It was like, he wakes up, he snaps on his watch, he snaps on his case and he snaps on the wa- the wallet on the back of his phone and he's ready to go. I was like, that that's pretty damn cool. Well, and the cra- the crazy thing about it is, so the the last thing we didn't really mention is that the new iPhones, if you have haven't paid any attention, have the form factor of the iPhone four five ish era, which is very was very popular. I should have grabbed this before, but I have so I have an iPhone four S here. It's like an antique. These, you know, I won't even go and get the original. I have an original iPhone over there too, actually. So. Um, and I think somewhere in the house we have a 3GS. So I keep these things. These are cool to keep. But anyway, the difference is these have a very, you know, flat side, kind of like the iPad Pro and the iPad Air now, as opposed to the bar of soap side that the other phones have, which are very <laughs> slippery. Yep. And I, I really like it. So the the to me, I I, I don't know if I would want to put it in a case. Right. So if people are not going to keep it in a case, then you can do other things with that magnet on the back. You can stick a wallet on it. You can, you know, you can stick your pop socket or whatever oh, thing God, people I do. People. <laughs> yeah, people do stuff. <laughs> so you can put all those things on the back of your phone that right now you might not be able to do because you have a case on there. Right. Well, isn't it true that like Steve iPhones were designed, he didn't really want 
Steve Jobs didn't really want people to put cases on it. He wanted oh no no he right. want he wanted them to see the be- the beauty of the slim sleek iPhone all by itself. But the fact of the matter was, especially especially I can never say that word right, and that's why I say in particular instead that they were just too vulnerable to have w- without a case on. And then that's when the industry of phone cases was like, okay, well, we need to make cases for all of these because people are breaking them all over the place. I can't tell you how many phones I break in- I've broken because it's like the Apple Watch 1 made of sugar or something. I, ha- yeah, right. I always have to have a case on my phone because they're too expensive not to protect. Yes, but I, I would agree. So it does pain me to put a case on my iPhone 11 Pro. I do have a case from Totally, which is like millimeters. Of course, my mm. dog got a hold of it. So it looks like an alligator ate it, which is basically <laughs> what happened. But I, I do have a very, very, very thin case mm-hmm. that you can't hardly even tell that it has something on it. I can't handle anything thicker than this. And I'd actually prefer not to even use this because I just it's it's just nice. The only downside is if you set it on the couch or something, it's going to end up on the floor because it's so so slippery um do you use a I, tempered glass screen protector sorry i every time i do they crack i've every screen protector i put on <laughs> they crack and the companies that i've gotten them from will almost always replace them for you but that's still at some point just gets obnoxious it's like i don't want to deal with this anymore so i just have taken them off and now i have a scratch on it but these cases from totally i'll add a link to totally in the show notes as well because I'm a big fan because they're super, super, super thin. I don't know. These are probably 25 bucks or something like that. And they they'll, And if you do something to your case, they also sell screen protectors. Like I said, they'll replace them for you. Their customer service is really good. I haven't even bothered to tell them that my dog chewed up mine, <laughs> but it really did. Just can verify that it looks pretty bad. Um, but I don't think I'll put a case on, on an iPhone 12. I use um, a wraparound one that's very thin, but it actually includes the front screen cover instead of a tempered glass screen. I've tried all sorts of combinations. Uh, but this one yeah. that I have, I got off Amazon. I got it in purple. But, I mean, it's not that thick. But see. it doesn't have good glass in the front, right? It's like a plastic. It's, yeah, I can't do that. It's plastic, but it's not bad. Does it look bad? Uh, no, but I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> that was my biggest complaint about the samsung z fold 2 is that it has like this plasticky layer now i guess you can have samsung remove it but i'm not going to but i just it should feel like glass and if it doesn't feel like glass then it just to me feels cheap i'm i'm, I'm not like putting down the people who yeah. make cases i get there's a reason for it and mine is scratched because you're like those people a... who won't put those purists who won't put ice in their wine because <laughs> it's not because it removes the taste no one puts ice in their wine. My mom is that does. Ar- my mom, is that an Arkansas my mom, thing? No, my mom lives in Missouri. She, okay, she not only, she like used to put Sprite in her wine, which I will do because I like a wine spritzer. She just puts water in her wine now. And I'm like, no, that's where I draw the line. If it's not cold enough yet, sure, throw an ice cube in there. I don't care. It's a Boda box. Well, so are we talking about like white Zinfandel or no, Chardonnay? No, I mean, we're, we're talking about Boda box wines, not like fancy oh, wines. okay. So we're I, not even talking. I'm like we're not talking about nice wines or well, red wines, wines are, God forbid. Mo- yeah, most red <laughs> wines. I'm thinking you're supposed to serve those at room temperature anyway. I'm like, what? But an ice cube? No. Oh, this is that's that's worse than iced coffee. What? <laughs> two we're things you should never there. listen. Two. Th- we had that conversation. Two things you should never put an ice cube in: your coffee or your wine. Unless you unless you brew your cold your iced coffee appropriately, like I do. 
Uh, I don't actually brew it with ice. I brew it with cold water. All right. So that seems like a pretty good place to wrap things up. <laughs> we definitely appreciate I'm sure we'll have a lot of follow-up from this because I'm sure lots of things will happen. I will mention that on uh, Monday, I did an interview today with a um, the CEO. Speaking of coffee, he is the CEO of Big B Coffee, which is a national, they're the third largest coffee chain in the United States. They happen to be based here in this area. That'll come out on Monday. Definitely look forward to that because it was a really, really, really good conversation. Um, any closing thoughts, Jess? Um, no, that's about it. I didn't want to end on like a, a dispute about coffee or, or wine. I think that we both in, enjoy our coffee. I don't even know okay. if you like wine. but <laughs> Okay, so tell us. Uh, I do like wine. I do not like ice and wine. But tell us on Twitter if you listen to this. Let us know. Not only what your favorite snack is, but but which side you're on, whether you should ice or not ice any of those beverages. And we will if we if anyone if anyone lets us know, we will be sure to share that feedback next week.